welcome to First Chair Fantasy. I'm Lucy, and joining me in the second chair, which is actually the second half of the sofa today, is Nick Angel. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about Ready Player One, yeah. uh, the Ernest Klein novel from 2011. Uh, we're giving it a bit of a pass. It's technically not a fantasy novel. It's technically sci-fi, but does involve magic swords and knights and quests, so we're, we're giving it a pass. It's got just basically. enough to qualify. Yeah, just, just enough. Plus, we like it. It's a good enough book. <laughs> um, and has been optioned for a movie, mm. which should be very exciting, considering what we'll be discussing. Later. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, this is where I ask you, Nick, to read the back of the book, which shouldn't take long, because this edition doesn't have much on the back of this no. book. <laughs> okay, so, imagine the world at stake. An epic struggle between good and evil. The greatest quest in history. The fate of humanity resting in your hands. Are you ready? Well, you? There you go. I, th- uh, I think I'm ready. That's all right. Yeah, then. I mean, I've read it, so I guess yeah. I'm qualified. I mean, it's remarkable how little that actually tells you about the it's, book. It's nothing, isn't it's, it? <laughs> it's amazing we it's ever a, got to read yeah, this. Yeah, like, I mean, I bought it based on just people saying it was good, and this is an awesome cover. I think this is the second or third edition. Like, yeah. There's a lot of different covers knocking about. Um so yes, so since that told us nothing, would you like to tell us what Ready Player One is about? Yeah, I'll do my best. Um, as it's a little while since I've uh, yes, we should say that we'd actually we've been ten- tending to record this for a month now. Yeah, and so it's been a while since either of us read it, uh, and you've been swatting up. So you I probably... have. I've sort of I've done the cliff notes just so I can remind yeah. myself. And actually, a huge amount of it came back to me, which is good. Yeah. But um, essentially, it's a story about um, uh, set, set in the near future, twenty forty five. I think it is something around there. Yeah. It's um, and in in the future, the internet has become even more prevalent than it is now. So mm. it's, it's essentially a virtual space that people can log into virtually with like a headset and, and haptic gloves, as they refer to them, um, and experience the internet as though it was another world. And this world is huge. It's like space. It's full of planets and places to go. And some planets are just for shopping, and mm. some planets are for education and that sort of thing. So it's a it's an incredible. It's it it is potentially what the internet might become. Mm. Um, and yeah, and, and and the story stars a kid who's obsessed with 80s sort of nostalgia, isn't yeah. it? So he... There's a very big subculture obsessed yes. with 80s nostalgia for reasons that I'm sure we will get into Well, exactly, because the creator of the Oasis, which is the name for this internet space, was a child of the 80s. Yeah. Well, uh, like a teen of teen He basically, sort of, he, he was born mid-70s, wasn't he? So yes, he that's was right. a child he was the and a right teenager in the 80s. To consume yeah. the 80s, yeah. yeah. Um, and as such, obsesses over it and injects it into everything he's ever created. So he was brought up on Dungeons and Dragons and Adventure and Zork and all that kind of stuff. And then he loves all the movies like War Games and, you know, whatever else mm-hmm. like that th- this book constantly references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and anyway, he he dies and his sort of legacy, what he leaves to the world, is Easter is an Easter egg hidden in the Oasis. Yeah. Which is ostensibly the largest and greatest video game ever made. And if anyone can find it, they will have access yeah. to all of the billions of wealth that this guy, who is kind of like the the new age Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, has accrued in his life. And yeah, yeah. But the the sort of the, the the slight twist on it all, I don't even know if it's a twist. But this world has suffered every economic and environmental collapse that has yes, ever the been real predicted. World has. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, like, it's horrible. It's yeah, really it's, bad. it's hideous. People live in trailer parks that are stacked on top of one another because yeah. nobody can afford fuel anymore. Mm. Every vehicle has to be electric because there's no more petrol. Yeah. Um so and because they never put the effort into researching good electric motors like the, the world's just collapsed. Yeah, trucks yeah. To, you know the 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 best bus you could get takes 3 days to get to the next city along. That's right, yeah. It, yeah. it travels at like 20 miles an hour. <laughs> uh, and so they basically everybody has to live 
next to the cities. Yeah. Which basically meant that everybody That's brought right. their trailers and, and just these slums of them trailers, up. Yeah. which are sort of stacked with like, uh, it's like, it's like scaffolding, scaffolding yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And I think I read somewhere that that's meant to be an homage to like Donkey Kong, which is like oh, stacking really? up yeah. the girders. That, and that would make perfect sense. Arcadey sort yeah. of world in the real world, even though the, yeah. the game world is, is somewhere much, much better, much well, nicer. Like, uh, most of human population who can and has access to internet and electricity spends all their time in the Oasis mm. now. They live there, they work there, they shop there. Yeah. Your possessions in the real world mean little more than just keeping your body running now. Well, you barely have any. Yeah. You? I mean, Wade, particularly, who is our hero, yeah. um, is lucky to even have an internet connection. Yeah. From the, he lives in, in a corner of, an, of, of one of the, uh, what are they called? Um, he li- he lived, he's an orphan, isn't he? Um, yes, and he lives with his aunt, who only took him in because he gets, she gets extra food stamps for taking in a minor. That's right, yeah. So he lives behind the washing machine. That's it, yeah. He doesn't in even the have laundry. a room. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, because it's the warmest spot he could find in mm. the place. Um, but he does have, right down at the bottom of the stacks, yeah. in the sort of like load of trash and rubbish yeah, that yeah. gathers down there, there's an old van. He found there? like an old transit or something, That's didn't he? it, yeah. yeah. And he sort of reinforced it, and then he's got his, like, all of his gear down yeah. there, and his ability to, and he's got an antenna on the roof, yeah, and yeah. he connects to the Oasis there. And that's his paradise, yeah. and, he, and he spends all his time there. Well, basically, he... He goes to school in the Oasis. Mm. He's part of the new public school system, which is virtual. Yeah. And that basically means that he has access to a base level uh, haptic setup. Because but only that. Pro- yeah, super so basic. It is so basic. Like he's a, He makes mention of things like um, he can't do facial expressions. Uh, like yeah, His avatar right. doesn't have facial expressions, whereas mm. somebody with a, a fancy setup would be able to mimic exactly what they were doing with their avatar. Yeah, and that's another thing, is that in the Oasis, like pretty much to get anything or anywhere you have to have some money yeah which which would make sense you know you're buying you're buying sort of virtual uh, possessions rather than real ones yeah. now and so he's just a level one isn't he? everyone is yeah, level yeah. one and you and, and he says he makes mention of the fact that because james halliday the guy who invented the oasis is obsessed with video games just to have an account in the oasis yeah. means that when you start up it says ready player one yeah. even though it's not really a game it's more of the internet yeah, yeah. and everyone has a level a level one and you only need a level one to go shopping you only need level one to go yeah. like to school so most people are level one mm-hmm. but the people who play the oasis like a video game level up yeah, and get yeah. swords and ray guns and vehicles and all sorts yeah. of other stuff they call it the climb to 99 i seem to remember yes that's the, right the, yeah uh, the, that's the top level yeah the it? top level is 99 and you have to grind to get there yeah but most people might have a level three character just to go wandering around yeah exactly it gets you certain privileges having a slightly higher level but the thing is is that um wade is trapped on ludus mm. the school planet because it costs money to transport yourself yeah whether it's anywhere. by teleporting yeah. or with a vehicle you can uh, you can run but of course you can't leave a planet by running no, it takes somewhere. hours yeah. and hours and hours and it, like they're real sized planets yeah yeah so he so the, uh, the the book opens with the description of the easter egg yes um and the description of the rise of the gunters yes <laughs> which is not it's not the nicest name for, for what they no, do no no uh, well they are egg hunters they are egg hunters it's been shortened to gunters yeah. because of that and they are they are a group of well, there's there's huge numbers of them. Aren't yeah. there? People who are out there, mostly kids, hoping to you know the big dream. Mm-hmm. Can we find can we find Halliday's Easter egg? And him and a few friends who are all also gunters, but they go to school, you know, and yeah. they they're not really they're not really that serious about it because they honestly don't think they can really break into that. Well, it's been like ten years at this point since Halliday's death. Something I can't yeah, actually remember long, how long, long it's been. Time. Yeah. So Halliday's been dead a while, and nobody's yeah. found the Easter egg yet. No. I mean, because um, it's split into three keys and three gates, isn't yeah. it? And no one's even found the first key, which yeah. is the copper key. Yeah. Um, and the thing about being a gunter is that you have to get into the mindset of James Halliday, who mm-hmm. is obviously, as we said, an 80s nostalgic obsessed nerd. And also it's very heavily suggested autistic. Yes, that's uh, true. You yeah. know, he was 
obsessive, obsessive. about tiny details yeah. and very very hard to work and live with by all accounts <laughs> yeah. in the book considering he never turns up as a character you learn a lot about him yeah because it's like there's a, there's a lot of exposition yeah. to be had in the early days I because think, a big part of what the gunters do is obsess over halliday's life yeah and so you it's like it's interesting because the book is narrated by wade it's narrated in this really geeky fashion where he keeps adding footnotes and, 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 yeah. and little side notes to his well, own description. <laughs> I should mention at this point that I read the book on audiobook oh, yeah. and it was narrated by Will Wheaton. Of course. Which was... couldn't have been nerdier. So it's like, he was a really good voice well, for we, Wade. Will Wheaton is a character in the book. That's also really confusing because yeah. Will Wheaton's like the president of the geek community yeah. or something in the he's Oasis. He's the president of the, the Oasis. That's right, because so like, there's a president, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. And so he's... Like, Will Wheaton is saying Will Wheaton yeah. while I'm listening to the book. I was like, what's going on? This is so better. It's so weird. But he was a really good voice because, of course, you associate Will Wheaton's yeah, yeah, voice yeah. with nerdy things. And there's Wade talking about nerdy stuff. So it works really, really well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, Wade himself is, I think it's probably safe to say, is not the most socially adept no. of people. He's never really interacted with people in the real world. No, like, not at all, no. It's described how his mother basically raised him in the Oasis. His mum worked remotely in the Oasis when he still, when his mother was still alive. And she mm. basically used it as a babysitting tool for him. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's like a child in the Oasis. Yeah. So he's it? he's never really had to interact with humans no, on a grand scale. But he does have friends. Yeah. He has this small group of friends. They hang out in the basement of H's H, house. Yeah. Uh, or, I, I'm, I'm never sure if it's actually a location is... or if he just creates he can, the basement. It's yeah, like, you can it's log into it. Room, like a isn't chat room, it? Isn't yeah. it? So it seems to be some sort of nebulous space yeah. that you can just access no matter where yeah. you are. And he's just created it to look like a 1980s like geek den. Basement. So it's full of like VHS tapes yeah. and comics and all sorts of like, D&D modules. And, and stuff. arcade games. And, and arcade yeah. games. Arcade uh, always the arcade games. Yes. And so H is a friend of his who um, who seems to be quite well off, mm-hmm. doesn't he? So he's got a few levels. He's like level five or six or something, isn't he? Or is he even higher than I that? I think he might be up to about ten. Ah, right, I, okay. I, I can't remember exactly, but yeah. But either way, he's got a bit of money and he's obviously built this chat yeah. room. And so, you know, Wade's very lucky to have a friend like H, but they're really genuinely good best friends, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I really like. I, like I liked that because I was expecting that to fall apart at any moment as I read it. And actually... Well, it goes to H, a rocky phase. It does, it but... does, which is understandable given the plot of the book. But at the same time, H always sticks by him. Yeah. And more importantly, Wade sticks by H, even yeah. when the true nature of H kind of comes Rather out. Rather than it being that classic trope of like, oh, a girl comes, because a girl does come in yeah, for the yeah. story. And, and, and then they break apart and then they're not really friends anymore. And then and then at the last minute for the final like climax, they come to, and it's just like, we've seen that so many times. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this felt like, yeah, there was a bit of a rocky patch, but it was a realistic rocky yeah, patch. Yeah. It was like sometimes friends go through rocky patches and they stayed in contact. And there's that great moment where I think right uh, sort of near the end of the book, I won't spoil mm-hmm. it or anything, but... Um, H essentially gets ahead of yeah. Wade in this sort of grand quest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they haven't talked for months. And then H sends him an email with like a little hint. Yes, just going yeah, yeah. To Not help the answer. Out. Not the answer, just because he knows that yeah. Wade would want to solve it himself. And it's really nice that they're still kind of mates, even yeah. though they've not talked for a little while. But yeah. Yeah. I suppose we could throw up a spoiler warning on this book. I mean, it's not an old book. No. Uh, you may not have read it. Should you wish to read it, you should. You really it's should. It's a good book. And maybe I mean, you should stop this now. Yeah. Go read it, then come back yeah. and listen to the other half. It's, a, it, it's, not, <laughs> it's not a perfect piece of literature, but it's a really no. good read. I think so. And it has been optioned for a movie. In fact, I read it was optioned for the movie the same day the publisher took the book. So really? It's, uh, yeah, so um, I believe okay. the movie is currently slated for 2018. 2018. Because uh, it was originally going to be slated for December 2017 but that will clash with the next Star Wars movie so they decided to move it by a couple of months probably wise <laughs> even if it is a Spielberg because it's amazingly Spielberg's directing it yes yeah and this week we've had the first casting yes. announcements uh, who, people don't... who I've never heard of no because um... they're, they're, most of them are from 
like young dystopian and millennials <laughs> and I do not watch such things because I'm sad and pathetic and don't keep up with the kids they're beautiful people though yeah beautiful people so yeah. I mean it's Ty Sheridan playing Wade that's right Olivia um, Olivia Cook, Cook as Artemis yes and they've also announced the main villain um, but again yes. I, I can't remember that guy's name oh um, is it Nathan I want to say or what the character Nolan the Nolan Sorrento Nolan, Nolan Sorrento is yeah. the villain <laughs> yeah. yeah not Nathan Sorrento uh, but no I don't know the name no. of the actor who's playing him but um, but no, so yes, yeah, Spielberg directing, which as you pointed out is interesting because something that Ready Player One has a lot of is licensed material in it. Yeah, and this um, is what will make the film so like difficult yeah, and also yeah. interesting to watch. I mean, I'm guessing that's why by the time it's released, this film would have been nine years in production. Yeah. Because if, if it was optioned in 2011. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh gosh, yeah, that's so good. And point. I'm pretty sure a lot of that's probably going to be buying the licenses off various people because the point of this... Book, is, is is that it like, contains masses of geek pop culture? <laughs> yeah, I mean there are moments where he has to Wade has to solve puzzles, which reference um, word for word happenings in eighties uh, movies. Yeah. One, one of the, they're called flick sinks. I think. Yes, yeah. And yeah. the idea is he has to um, he sort of dropped into a virtual situation which looks exactly like say a scene from War Game. Yeah, and he has to recite because he's playing the role of the hero yeah, yeah, of that yeah, film, yeah. and he has to fill those words in. As the hero, so he has to know the script off by heart. Yeah. And this shows how dedicated the Gunters are to eighties nostalgia. They've no, they've learned movies word for word. Yeah, yeah. So he and if he makes a single mistake, he'll fail the the, the quest and he won't get the the key or whatever it is mm-hmm. he's looking for at that point. So these flick sinks will be shots from these films, and they have to be yeah, in the yeah. movie because because this is an integral point of the whole story yeah. is that he is walking through the footsteps of the stuff that mm-hmm. he loves and that Halliday loved. So. How are they going to do that? Well, as you, I mean, what you said was interesting is that a lot of this material is probably owned by Spielberg. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's so the fact that he's directing might actually might grease actually a few benefit. of these wheels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's still production companies, isn't it? Like yeah. Spielberg's worked for different production companies over over time. Yeah. But then there's masses of manga in this as well, yeah, and anime, yeah. and anime, and like Japanese TV shows. Yeah and um, regular TV yeah. shows, music, because there's that, that whole section of the on the um, Rush album, 2112, isn't oh, there? Oh, yes, of course. Where yeah, he yeah. finds the guitar behind the waterfall and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that might be easier. And actually, the soundtrack for this film mm-hmm. might be stellar. Yes. You know, we might be talking yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy-style soundtrack here, which would yeah. be really, really cool. And I certainly think it's going to... Because, like, not to go off topic, but um, I loved um, Super 8, which was oh, yeah, uh, yeah, a JJ yeah. film. In and, and I think uh, Spielberg, like, co-directed or, mm-hmm. or produced that or something. It's been him. on my list for years. And it's <laughs> it's so good because it feels really 80s. Like, mm. it feels like E.T. or it feels like those sort of classic movies like that. And I, I really hope that he channels some of that yeah. for this because it's got to feel like an old movie, even though it's set in the future. But it's all about old movies. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so confusing. But it's really good. No, it's going to be great. So I, there we go. Um, this is now our spoiler warning. Mm. I'd say you don't have to watch what you're saying from here on in. Okay, cool. Um, and so, yeah, if you have not read Ready Player One or you want to wait for the movie, this is this is your warning yeah. here. Turn off. Go, go read, away. Go read it Shoo. now. Because you, you'll love it. And then and then come back. Make sure yeah. you come back, though. So, hello again. Yeah. So, I think they're all gone. <laughs> yeah. So, now, now, yeah, you don't have to watch what you're saying in yeah. the slightest. Spoil away. So, yeah. So, I don't know where to start now with spoilers. <laughs> but, um... So, yes, yeah, so let's start with how um, this poor little level one character ends up being the first one on the scoreboard. Yeah, well, he, he makes a really good point, and I really like this, because, of course, the, the key issue is how do you take a guy... It is, is, I think it's an issue that a lot of stories struggle with. How do you take the underdog, the mm-hmm. completely loser character, who has no connections, no money, no nothing, how do you get him into the fray with all the big, the big guns, yeah. you know, getting this big egg and everything? And he made the really good point in the story that if James Halliday was going to truly hide this Easter egg, 
and make it available to everyone, then you'd have to make it truly available to everyone. And knowing full well that there were loads of level one players out there who could only access, like him, who mm-hmm. were poor and could only access the Oasis through their sort of educational yeah. given right or whatever, then therefore the first key would have to be accessible to those people. And yeah. he uses that strain of logic to assume that it's probably on an educational world. Yeah. And I think that's a really good idea because that yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. works for me. I'm happy with that. Was that Halliday also leaves like a riddle, doesn't he? Yes. Um, which does, I think, make mention of you've got a lot to learn. Yes, you're right. And of um, course, ludus in Latin means learn, learn doesn't yeah, it? Which, which is, is the, the planet the, that the schools are yeah, on. Yeah, the schools are all on the planet. And it's like, it's a weird planet because it's just the same school copy pasted like thousands and thousands of times. They have the over capacity for loads and yeah. loads of children. And so, yeah, so uh, Wade manages to make the connection that the entrance to the first, to the first challenge to get the first key is somewhere on his own educational planet. Yeah. And so, I now can't remember quite how, but he makes another connection to an old D&D manual. Yes. Now, I can't remember how he makes that connection, but it's it's something to do with the fact that... I think it's in the riddle. Yes. I think it's in yeah. the starting riddle. And he, and he talks... He, he makes reference to um, a place that is a well-known starting D&D mm-hmm. module. And then... So, he then looks at the aerial maps of Ludus, the mm-hmm. planet that all the schools are on, and he founds, finds a formation... Um, near in a forest nearby yeah. one of the many many schools on the planet that resembles the the map that he knows that this yeah, D and D module looks like, but the school is like the other side of the planet. Yeah, and of course he has no teleporter, he has no money, he has no vehicles, nothing. So, but he, <laughs> I like this. He re- he re- he realizes that there's a sporting event where his school is playing another school. Oh yeah, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah, which is halfway around yeah. the planet, and you're allowed a free teleport if you're doing something if curricular. You're going to school, extracurricular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, so he goes. I'm going to see the football match. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> Teleports halfway across the planet, then runs off into the forest for an hour. It's like an hour's run through yeah, the forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, he doesn't get tired because he's just yeah. running just running away. In I land. remember him saying he puts it on auto run. Yes, which is just I a great because yeah. I mean I, I have a friend who was so into <laughs> World of Warcraft. And it was like you'd go around you and that that? Like, you'd go around and visit around. and her character is just running across a continent and she's just chatting to you it's like are oh, you not playing the game it's like yeah I've just got to get to this place yeah. so it's like just I've got to run for like two hours in that Crazy, direction isn't it? yeah but it, I mean this is exactly what this book is based on yeah. it's all of these tropes and ideas that we all know really really well you know just like sitting there with your thumb pushed forward on an analog stick yeah. for 20 minutes to get across Skyrim you know <laughs> it's exactly the same and that's what's really engaging about it is that although it's all like nostalgia it's also referencing what we love about games now yeah, yeah. which is cool so yes, and he finds the tomb. Yeah. Like the tomb of disaster or tomb of death or something along those yeah. lines. Doom of doom. Doom tomb of doom. <laughs> the to- the doom tomb, yeah. And bear in mind that no one has found a copper key at this point. So no. as you said, like it's been ten years since Halliday's death and oh and another thing we should mention are the baddies. Oh yes, yes. yeah, yeah. So uh, a company called IOI, which stands for uh, it's oh. something like Internet Operations International or something. Yeah, isn't they're basically it, like... a huge internet service providing yeah. glomer- conglomerate who are now the biggest, I think, corporation in the world. Because second to actual electricity, having internet connection is the most important and thing. everyone gets yeah. it through an ioi yeah. connection or service so so that's why and they are desperate to find the egg because not only does the egg give you all the money that halliday had obviously yeah. as a billionaire but it gives you control of the oasis which for a yes. corporation who runs connection to the oasis this is like this is yeah. this is next level shit and they've made no bones about the fact that they want to start charging people for accounts yeah and monetizing and putting advertising on every surface so they're evil yes because <laughs> uh, advertising is evil I yeah i'll agree with that so they have these um these gunters what they would call gunters but the but the heroes of the story call them sixes, and they're called sixes because they have they don't have usernames, do they? They're just yes, six digit numbers. Because if you join up with the gun with the the sixes, you yeah. have to use one of their standardized avatars yeah. and one of their accounts, and they don't let you have your name. You just have a six digit number, all of which begins with a six. Yeah. 
And it means that they're sort of infinitely replaceable. Yeah. So you kill a Sixer, and obviously you can kill avatars, and then they, you have to create a new account, yeah. and you start yeah. from level one again. Kill a Sixer, and a new one will just be in its place, because they just have hundreds of thousands of accounts. And so they're sort of out there, but unfortunately, because they're a corporation, and they're just doing this by, like, numbers and yeah, quantity, yeah. they have none of the care and the 80s love and nostalgia that, that, that mm. our heroes have, and so the chances of them finding anything hinge on following what, who they think are mm-hmm. celebrity gunters yeah. in order to try and track it down. And, and, and that's what the story is the whole way through as they discover more and more as they're being chased by yeah, the sixes. Yeah. But yeah, so no one's found a key yet. So uh, amazingly, I think Wade is walking into this temple on his home, on his, yeah. on his sort of educational planet. And he's thinking, if I have found like potentially the first yeah. thing, I'm going to be, I'm going to be finding the first. Like, yeah, yeah, be, yeah. this is a big deal. You know, this is a really, really big deal. And, it, and it, the, the book does a good job of making you feel like, holy crap, this is like, mm-hmm. this is going to be a big deal. And sure enough, he does. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, not to spoil yeah. too much or skip to the end. No, but no, he, yeah, we've gone, to, we've gone through the spoilers. But he, a, he levels up as he goes because it turns out this place does. is just full of good stuff. Yeah. Like, it's full and he's, of he's got, like, fine, a wooden fancy sword armor or and he's suddenly rich because there's like loot, m- loot everywhere. <laughs> I think he levels up to level four or five or yeah. something just in that dungeon. Gets to the end and there's a Lich King there. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't have to fight him, luckily, because yeah. he's not a high enough level to do anything like that. But he has to defeat him at Joust, yes. doesn't he? Which is the arcade game. Which, I mean, I... I, gaming was something that I came to much later in life because um, for various reasons I didn't have consoles or computers as a kid really um, and so I, this was the first I'd ever heard of Joust yeah, right. but apparently it's quite a thing it is. Um, and it involves from what I got from the book your knight riding an ostrich yeah and yeah. then stabbing the other player with a so you're like jousting, a but for some reason on ostriches. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite know why. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know why. But like we were in that um, that place here in Cheltenham, Smoky yeah. Joe's, which has got an arcade, and they've got a joust machine in there. And yeah, like yeah. All of the artwork all over the side of the arcade machine is just like knights on ostriches. Yeah. It's a great, it's a brilliant game. I don't understand why they didn't why go ostriches? with horses. Yeah. <laughs> was it like having to animate two extra legs? Maybe. Like, I mean, maybe it was just a simpler sprite to yeah. just have this ball with two little legs running under. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Anyway. But yes, joust. so he, he, he beats the Lich at Joust. He does. And, and gets, gets the, the first key. key. Yeah. Um, which then has another riddle. Yeah, the riddle's engraved on, on yeah. the key, isn't it? And yeah. then, so each key has a gate. You've got to get to the gate, unlock the gate, and then you get through, and then there's a clue in there to get the next yeah, key. Yeah. And so there's the copper key to the copper gate, then there's the jade key to the jade gate, yep. and then there's the crystal key to the crystal yes. gate, and then and then the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan anyway. Is the plan. Yeah. But yeah, but it turns out that he's not the only one who's been thinking along these lines. Yes. Because literally, as, as he's leaving with the, the dungeon key. with the copper key, Artemis, one of the one of the most famous gunters Gunter, in the celebrity world, gunter, yeah. just walks in. And she's apparently been trying this place out for days. Yeah, she's, she worked out that it was Ludus, didn't she? But yeah. she hadn't yet found the tomb until, apparently, minutes yeah, after, yeah. after Wade. And what we should mention here is that there are multiple keys to get. So, yes. so as many people as can solve the riddles can get the keys. There's not just one yeah. copper key. So uh, if she was to complete it, which she does just after Wade, she would get herself her own copper mm-hmm. key. And um, and then the, the important thing is, is that not only is she obviously the love interest of the story, but there's a scoreboard, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. This, that everyone can see, no matter what level you are. Um, and the instant that Wade completes it and gets the copper key, for the first time ever, a name appears on this scoreboard yeah, and, and yeah. a point score next to it, and it says copper key next to it. And so H, uh, Wade's friend, yeah. starts emailing him constantly and texting yeah. him, going, oh my gosh, you <laughs> found the key, what the hell? Because they can't believe it, because they've yeah, been obsessing yeah. over it for years as kids in this basement, reading comics mm-hmm. and watching movies. And and suddenly he sees Wade's avatar name, which is Percival? Percival, Percival. It's like yeah. a, it's a misspelling of Percival, right from the whole, from the uh, yeah. It's got a Z ground. and it's Percival yeah. instead of yeah. Uh, because apparently he says the original spelling was taken. Yeah, which uh, is another brilliant yeah. thing. It's just like yes, that, we all know what it's that's like, like. Artemis spells her name with a three. Three, yeah. Because Artemis was taken. Yeah, 
<laughs> and of course, I didn't know that because I was listening to the audiobook. Uh, so all the way through, I just heard Artemis. And then when I finally sort of, um, I don't know, read something about the book online, I was like, oh, her name's got a three in it. That's cool. And also H, I assume, was just the, the letter H. Oh, no, I but it's it spelled spell- A-I-C-H or yeah, something, isn't it? Like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was really funny. Yeah. And yeah, so then uh, he solves the first gate. Yeah. And life completely changes for him because he suddenly he is the most famous gunter yeah. in the world. The, the population, the whole population of the world suddenly becomes interested in the egg hunt again. Yeah. Because it, it had kind of Yeah, it kind of died out. And basically the gunters were sort of like being poked fun at all the time. Yeah, like they nerds were, yeah. in basements. And he, he gets loads of money from endorsement deals. Yeah. And he starts leveling up his character because he's got all this money yeah. so he can access other worlds. And he moves to the main city. Yes, uh, in the real Columbia, world. In the real world, uh, on one of these battle buses that moves like twenty miles an hour, um, <laughs> and he gets himself an apartment that's basically just apparently there's now a, just a, a market for apartments for people who never go out. Yeah, and he gets it's all like, his food. Mori has gone nuts in this world. It's like <laughs> why? Why would you need to go out? Like, yeah. every, all the human interaction. Well, there's you nothing do. good out yeah. there, is there? Like the, all the sites to see and the places yeah. to hang out are all in the oasis. Too. It's like there is one section later on in the book where we do see the outside world and you're just like why isn't somebody doing something about this yeah well it's because of the oasis yeah. Isn't it? yeah everyone's just hanging out in there and building yeah. stuff in there what's important to mention at this point is just before he moves um he gets approached by ioi of course oh, how have i forgotten about that I'm sorry <laughs> he gets asked to uh to work for them mm-hmm. uh, because of course he's an amazing gunter and they're like oh my god this kid's got loads of 80s knowledge and nostalgia he's probably going to help us find the egg and they want to recruit him and they make loads of amazing offers like giving him five million quid just to tell them where the copper key yeah. is and nothing else and all no strings attached and he refuses all of them uh, being the Star Wars yeah. hero that he is. Um, and then they finally... He's very f- full of himself. He, he is. He's, he's arrogant. <laughs> he is arrogant. But you kind of root for him anyway. Mm-hmm. And then they threaten him right at the end. And they say, well, if you don't do what we say, we'll blow up your house. And, and obviously yeah. you live in the stacks, so loads of other people will be killed by the explosion. And it's all the it's, a, it's a thing that happens, apparently. Like, the stacks do just collapse. Every now and then collapse, yeah. Um, you put too many on top of one another and the scaffolding can't take it. But Wade calls their bluff. Yeah. Logs out. Listens got away with it that's cool suddenly boom oh goodness and luckily he wasn't in the stack yeah he was in he was his in. transit yeah <laughs> so because of i don't know difference of signal or something mm-hmm. they don't manage to kill him but they do kill probably hundreds of people in the or they kill they kill, kill his, his aunt and uncle yeah um and all the other people that she had living in like who he didn't really like he didn't like with, but, but they were, they were human family. beings and, and there was the old beings. lady next yeah, who he did like because she lived yeah. in the eighties and he liked talking to her yeah. about nostalgia and she's now dead. So it's it's a really shocking move because at that point yeah. you think IOI are just like oh they're just the corporate they're villains, sort of posers, but actually but actually they're killers. Yeah. So that's like whoa, stakes are high. So then he moves to the yeah. city in this like locked down apartment that doesn't even yeah. open. Its like, he door. spray paints all the windows black. Yeah, only yeah. orders his food externally. But he does have an exercise regime, doesn't he, to keep yes, himself... Yes, because he starts getting fat. <laughs> too fat like, for his yeah, suit, isn't he? Yeah, he, just start, he starts getting too big for his uh, haptic big suit, because now, now he can afford all the best gear. So mm. rather than just, like, the goggles and the gloves, he now has a full body So he can feel suit. the Oasis, yeah. he says. Yeah. Oh, and he also... Um, he Apparently there's a market for um, hair removal creams, because he makes a point of yes. the haptic suit works better if you've got no hair. So whenever he showers <laughs> in the morning, he just uses this kind of hair removal cream. <laughs> and it's like... God, this is a horrible world. Yeah. I mean, so you're completely bald, looks no eyebrows. Like, he looks like Neo from <laughs> yeah. Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Start of the Matrix. <laughs> the pale white yeah. Neo that wakes up in the, yeah. the red goo. He's going to be like fish face. Yeah. Slightly flabby. So yes, he, he puts More than the... Slightly um, fla- he does outwardly yeah. say, doesn't he, that he's yeah. a bit of a little, yeah. little fat so Little podge, really. Yeah. But then he's been living off like sugar high rations basically for his whole life he's never had one thing that did appeal to me which comes up a lot earlier is that when he was he did go to real school for a little bit oh yeah in the past and he used to get bullied a lot obviously because he's a nerd and he's a bit fat whatever but then he goes starts going to school in the oasis and he can mute his bullies yeah which i really like (laughs) (laughs) so they're all like saying things on his chat or whatever he just go 
you can turn <laughs> them off. That brilliant. Yeah, we all. I think we all wish we could have done that. At Absolutely, some point. Yeah. yeah. But yes, yeah, so he moves away, and he. he I like quite like the thing of um, you can put like a calorie burner lock on the Oasis. So it's the thing like it oh, that's right, like he yeah. puts in a, he he um, gets himself an Oasis uh, treadmill. Yeah, basically, and he can only access this one health program if every he's morning. So yeah, many calories. and he's yeah. only allowed to go back into the real oasis once he's burnt so many calories a day. That's quite good. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, peak humans are, will find a way, I guess. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. He's he. Yeah, I I think what another thing that appealed to me about this book is that uh, is that Ernie Klein put a lot of thought into like what you would actually the practicalities do. of yes, it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like as much as this could have just been a story, kind of like the Matrix, where you just log in and have a great old mm-hmm. time. No one ever really talks about the fact that you'd think that Neo in the real world in the Matrix would yeah. be this podgy dude who was nowhere near as athletically built yeah, yeah. as he is in the Matrix. And and Ernie makes no doubt about that in this story that you know Wade has to take care of his real body because his Oasis body doesn't need it, it yeah, takes yeah, care yeah, of itself. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. So yeah, that's I like I like that, and, and the book is full of stuff like that, like attentions to detail yeah. and this this thought that as much as I don't want the world to collapse economically, yeah. I want the Oasis. I really want the Oasis. It might be closer than you think. The Oculus Rift coming I know, out. This so year is meant to be the year of yeah. VR, apparently. So, well, I mean, I saw a thing the other day, and it made me think, oh god, the Oasis is happening. Um, when uh, someone uh, someone was demonstrating a drone control headset. Oh right, I've seen these. But I instead think, yeah. of having a screen that you look at to get the 3D, right. it was projecting into your eye, which is, of course, how the Oasis projecting works. Projecting your eye. And we can it see mean, like it that, means you we? could use it whilst you've got... If, even if you need glasses, if you're short-sighted or something. Oh. It just adjusts where it's projecting, so it hits your retina. Yeah, because you wear glasses. I wear glasses. And how are you going to deal with an Oculus Rift? I'm not going to deal with an Oculus Rift for many reasons. Well, but, um... yeah, <laughs> we're all going to be throwing up for like yeah. a good, good few hours playing with that. But, I mean, you'd have to put it on over your glasses yeah. you, if you were going to use it. Yeah, Or I put would. contacts in. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I've never really got on with contacts, but it's physically. But not possible. everyone does. You see, yeah. that's kind of kind of. And there are certain thing, eye conditions that can't be dealt with with contacts. Yeah, so I mean, so it's but, but, not for but everyone the, yet. But the Oasis and this this drone control headset that I saw um, actually work by projecting into your eyes, so they onto compens- your retina. Yeah, onto your retina, like, cool. so they 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 compensate for any kind of. Wow. Eye problems that you have, so long as you have functioning retinas. Yeah, which you can see it in crystal clear clarity and that's in full three D. Um, I mean, obviously, I guess there's no lag or anything in the Oasis technology. That's no. the kind of um, the advance that they've made. This real kind of, you know, regardless of how fast your internet connection is, yeah. there is no lag ever. No, never. No. <laughs> they don't really. Um, get, he doesn't go into detail about what it looks like. I get the feeling that it varies massively yeah. from world to world because there's like the shopping worlds and, the, and I get the. He he does mention that the educational world is very stripped back and yeah. very dull. Well, also he's using um, old gear. Old gear by that at That's that point. True, so he can't he, render stuff. I think as he well. does. He does make mention that the world looks better when he's got his new. And when he's gear. wearing a suit, he can do things like feel the wind, yeah. can't he, and stuff, which he yeah. couldn't before. So that's interesting. And like his suit not only has sort of pressure pads to get, to let him help him feel things that he's touching. Yeah. It also has servos to stop him like reaching too far. Like you know, like oh, I seem to right, remember that yeah. being mentioned. Like you know, if you're pushing against a wall, the the suit will stop you pushing your arm yeah. through the wall. Yeah. Even though technically there's nothing there. That would be very confusing, wouldn't it? I think if you had if you had this fully immersive headset, and I think this has happened to some people with the Oculus, and um, 
Yeah, no, I remember what it was. It was a fellow using the Oculus and he had a man who was in the real world talking to him in the ear. Mm-hmm. And in, in game, he ran like 20 metres forward. Yeah. And the guy was still talking to him. He was like, he got so confused because he should have run away from him. Mm-hmm. But of course, in real space, he hadn't moved anyway. He yeah, was sat yeah, in a yeah, chair. Yeah. So it really confuses the brain when you get these like yeah. conflicting stimuli. <laughs> but again, I mean, I suppose everybody that we follow in this world, all of the, all of the Gunters are all pretty young that we mm, follow in this yeah. world. They've all grown up with it as well. And clearly some kind of technological leap happened Mm. before Oasis went online, which I'm thinking was somewhere around 2020. Is that supposed to have happened? (laughs) You know, which is why I was like, oh God, the technology to project into your eye exists now, you know? (laughs) To be totally honest, there's not much stopping us from getting getting to Oasis, full on Oasis. But um, but yeah, it it is... um, it is, the technology and how they describe the technology is interesting. Like, he's got a tower in his room that makes it smell like whatever he's around. Yes, he's got olfactory, yeah. like... But you can yeah, choose to turn like... it off if you're somewhere that smells bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just like mutant the bullies. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So he has this place and he sets himself up as his famous gunter. Yeah. And then six months pass, pretty much. And he doesn't find the next key, And he, he does nothing. He doesn't no. even really try. I think that's the, the yeah. thing. He's so... He's so caught up in his sudden fame and, and which the Which is money. another really believable thing. Yeah. Like, I really like this. He, he, he wasn't just the... He actually has everything that he ever wanted. He yeah, has, exactly. He has the comfortable life. And, and he gets it like a third of the way into the book. Yeah. And you're suddenly like, well, maybe I would just give everything up, yeah, you know, yeah. and just like chill out and relax. But then you're like, no, the mission. And he's like, no, the mission. He's really desperate to find it, but he's, he's sort of hitting a wall, isn't yeah. he? But he's also getting to know Artemis. Yeah. And he's levelling up his character a little bit. And they do get invited to a, a sort of dance celebrity yes uh, well, event. it's the um the steve wozniak of the world yes who um, was halliday's party yeah, yeah halliday's partner, halliday's partner yeah. back when they were setting up the oasis yeah. and they um, have a very similar wozniak jobs yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and he he it. still has a hell of a lot of money he left the uh oasis company quite mm. a while back but took he a has very an account, yeah it took a very um sort of comfortable settlement with him and so he has he, like infinite power yeah yeah like, he's level so like his he, along with the other founders i guess yeah so, uh, so halliday basically um, the founders of Oasis have immortal avatars yes. that basically Can't have admin. They yeah. have they have admin, admin, admin privileges. Yeah. <laughs> they can do anything, and so yeah, he he every day holds a birthday party. Yes, um, for himself, which, to every which year. he invites yeah. all the most famous people of Oasis. And so of course, Wade and Artemis yeah. are invited, which is cool. Yeah. and they all turn. I remember it's, he makes specific mention of them all turning up in weird vehicles. Yes, in, he turns up in his park. modded DeLorean. Doesn't yeah, he? it's like a DeLorean fused with Octo One yeah. from Ghostbusters and a little bit of Kit from Knight Rider. Yeah. Kit is in his dashboard. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like a Frankenstein car of some kind. And then because um, Ogden's party is in, like they say, there's different zones. Like there's same as. Um, same as like World of Warcraft and things, there are PvP zones, so player yeah. versus player zones, and then there are magic zones and there are technology zones, and, and then there, there are both. like chaos zones where yeah. just anything goes. <laughs> and this party is held in a chaos zone. So yes. he, I love the moment where he drop, he, he flies down his DeLorean, and everyone's like, "Yay, it's Percival!" Because you know he's, he's famous and his DeLorean is famous. And then he just like clicks and turns it into a tiny little matchbox yeah. thing and puts it in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> there's just there's no limits to yeah. the tech here. It's amazing. And then they have this party in a big hollowed out sphere. Yeah. And it's anti-gravity yeah. and they're dancing and flying. And... I quite like the moment of, um, of course, because he's kind of athletically inept. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's, he does his run, his treadmill running every day. But apart from that, he's a complete nothing when it yeah. comes to this. So he, he and Artemis asks him to dance and he just like freaks out. <laughs> like... He doesn't know how to dance. So he just finds a program. Oh, does he? I don't remember that. (laughs) So that he's not controlling his avatar anymore. The avatar's just dancing dancing away. (laughs) Just like scrolls through Google, like, I really need a dance program now. It it 
It reminded me of that bit in the Matrix. Matrix, yeah. Where Trinity's like, I need to know how to fly a helicopter. That's so good, yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, I need to know how to dance, like, now. <laughs> well, I love how, yeah, in the Matrix, it's, I need to know how to fly a helicopter, I need to learn, like, Kung Fu in yeah. three minutes. And in, in Ready Player One, this gives you a perfect idea of what this book is all about. Ready Player One, it's, I need to download something to dance because I'm a total nerd and yeah. I've never learned how to and a girl is asking me to now, oh my God. <laughs> I just get the feeling that Ernie Klein was, like, when he was a kid, as desperate for a, like, dance yeah, program yeah, yeah. download, which I think we all were, again. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and then um, the, the sort of the, the a kind of a turning point in the book, the Sixers attack Ogden's party. They do they attack that party? Yeah, don't they? Um, yeah. because they're trying to. This is kind of the first time that Artemis and Percival have both been out of like their their own little secure bubbles because yeah. he's like bought a meteorite and yeah, which is hollowed out, out living just, in. Yeah, yeah. Just, which is called. Um... He's got like the cowboy bebop um, in there and stuff. He's got the. Has he? Does so that, I think he was, say that? I think it was, was one bebop? of them. I think it was the bebop. Um, oh, that's well good. That's he, really cool. I yeah, he's just that. got this meteorite full of eighties manga Falco, stuff. It's called. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so this is the first time that both he and Artemis have been out in the world yeah. for, for months. Not the real world, but the yeah, in, in, <laughs> you know, away from their very secure little zones. Fortresses yeah. in solitude, yeah. Um, so the Sixers attack Ogden's party. Trying to kill Artemis. Trying and... to kill Artemis and Percival. Yeah. Um, or at least kill their avatars, of course. Cause yes, because of course they'd have to start yeah, from yeah. scratch and They'd have again. to start from nothing. Um, but and yeah, but Ogden pre- basically just goes, no, you, yeah. you don't get to attack my party. And like fires red lightning yeah. out of his hands or something and kills every six yeah. in, the, in the immediate like mile radius. Or something. Like, I, I remember reading that and going, what the hell were they trying to achieve? What did they yeah. think was going to happen? Don't you know what Ogden is? Yeah. But then I think that the whole sort And he's of... been really vocal yeah. against the Sixers as well. Like yeah. he's, he's, he's very... he calls them a fascist yeah. corporation, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, like, he's very clear on he doesn't necessarily agree with what Halliday did towards the end of his life. But at the same time, it was Halliday's choice to do it. So he's really backing Halliday. He's like, we yeah. want a real person to find the Easter egg and Absolutely. have control. Yeah. And he's he's sworn to not take part himself. Yeah. Um, Which is cool, actually, because he yeah. would be he would be so easy to... Oh, is that he could he have found it years ago, surely, yeah. if he tried. Not does he know Halliday really well, but he's got unlimited power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, this happens. And this kind of brings Ogden into the fray in a strange does, way. Like, yeah. he doesn't really take an active role. No, but from then not on, until the very end. Yeah, until the very end. But from then on, it is very much like he's just sort of backing Artemis and Percival and H. Mm. Um, and just kind of making sure that they get where they need to go. Um, but then, like, the big hit for Wade is, I think it's H finds the next key yes. or is it Artemis who finds it first I can't remember I think it's H I yeah. think it's H yeah because I this is, this is after the sort of the rocky patch that we've been talking about and H and Percival haven't been speaking to each other mainly because like Percival's been flirting with Artemis yeah. a lot and that's kind of not working out that well either because yeah. I think uh, like um, Percival or or uh, our hero Wade kind of kind of doesn't have the right idea for what it what you yeah. have to do to sort of like woo a girl yeah uh, just make friends with anyone really yeah. Um, and so he's not really going about no. things very well in every direction. Yeah, yeah. And I think Artemis has her own issues. Oh, yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, she, she puts across this very confident, competent kind of demeanour, whereas actually she's a much deeper character than that. And I, re- yeah. I really like Artemis as a Artemis character. Artemis is cool, yeah. Um, and, and she's I'm described well to, as well. Yeah. She's not like, she's not a bimbo at yeah. all. Like, she's not some sort of sex object. Yeah. Um, she is, she's a very capable and effective gunter. Yeah. Um, and, he, and if anything, sort of puts Wade on the back foot all yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah. Like he's constantly like looking up to her. And I mean, yeah, she, she, found, she found the copper key second, but she was there minutes after him. Yeah, like it was... and that, yeah, she only found it second because plot dictates yes, that our hero yeah. would find it first. But she was just as good, if not better, yeah, than him. Yeah. She was on the trail long before he was, and uh, and she's a celebrity. And, and as much as he kind of he he sort of loves her and sort of has a crush on her and yeah. looks up pictures of her and stuff, 
she she's only a celebrity because of how good it or what she does. Yeah. So um, no, she's a she's a really cool character. Actually. I think that I really is something like that I like about the Oasis in general as a concept. The people there. It doesn't matter what you look like. It yes. doesn't matter. Kind and of that actually ends up like. being quite a big thing. It really does, yeah. yeah. But it's like it's very much it's how what you do in yeah. that world because anyone could look like a, a supermodel yeah. in the Oasis. And it's and it's not about how you look yeah. at all. Like, and I, I think Wade makes constant references when he's first hanging out with Artemis. It's just like she could be like a forty-five-year-old burly man yeah, called yeah. Chuck. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and uh, and then but he but he sort of like he sort of alludes to that a couple more times. And after a while, he sort of doesn't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like what she looks like, he really likes her yeah. for who she is. And it's like this is very much a story about personality yeah. winning out over everything else. And when we do eventually meet Artemis, yeah. there is something significant about how she looks. Yeah. And um, but it's she not... but it's very much a thing of she makes it more significant than anyone else. Absolutely, she's embarrassed of yeah. it, whereas she doesn't need to be because yeah. when the, the instant that uh, that Wade sees her, yeah. he's like, "You're beautiful." But, but it's, it is this weird thing. So he eventually meets uh, both H and Artemis in person. And H is a very significant And discovery. H, in both of them, are so different. Like, or, or rather, Artemis has always made this big thing about how she doesn't look like her, yeah. her, her avatar. And yet she kind of does. And yet she pretty much does. Except she, that she, she has a she birthmark. She has a birthmark. Across her face. <laughs> it's a like, big red port wine stain, yeah. isn't it? Across yeah. her face. Um, and H, right when they finally realise that all hell's cracking loose and they need to meet in real life. Which they do. H just kind of makes a throwaway comment of, I'll warn you, I don't look anything like I do yeah. here. And this is where you were trying not to spoil, but we've thrown a spoiler warning. So... Yeah. H is actually an African-American lesbian yes. woman. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and all this time, her avatar has been a guy. Yeah, just uh, a, who's a, been white, a white mate. heterosexual guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so Wade is at first really shocked. And yeah. I think actually kind of, because they have like an RV journey across yes, the continent yeah, yeah, together, yeah. don't they? For when they have to get to their sort of final base. Yeah. Uh, and I think for a while it's a little bit awkward. Yeah. <laughs> but then very quickly, Wade comes around to the fact that, no, it's just, it's still H. The yeah, way they yeah. talk, the way they hang out, the things they have to say, and all of their shared experiences are still valid. Yeah, yeah. And nothing's changed just because it's now an African-American girl. Yeah. Like, a lesbian girl. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really cool. I yeah. really like that. I like, liked Wade's reaction to it, because when I read it, I was like, oh, okay, what's going to happen here? Is there going to be some sort of ridiculous, like, self-important speech that's kind of like speaking to the the, the reader about the importance of accepting the people within? And no, he just laughs. Yeah. He just goes, oh. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? That's right, yeah, yeah. He just, like, laughs at her a bit and then they drive across country. Yeah, (laughs) and he remembers that they're best mates and it's all cool. So that was cool. Yeah, so um, basically they go through a whole load of things. They find the Jade Key. Yeah. Um... I now can't remember where the Jade Key is. Can you remember? Oh, the Jade... Isn't the Jade Key... Yes, the Jade Key is on the planet that is a reference to the Rush 2112 album. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 where he has yeah. to play a riff on a guitar, yeah. which is from that album. Um, and then the, the guitar turns into the key. Yes. Which is wrapped in foil, which is important. Yeah. And then the key has engraved on it just the letter A. Yeah. Which is significant because Halliday's in-game uh, avatar is called Anorak. Yeah. And so he realises that the final gate, and this is obviously the final boss, the final countdown, yeah, yeah. the final climax, is at Anorak's castle, yeah. which is the sort of centre of the oasis. But unfortunately, the Sixers and everyone else is ahead of Wade on yes. this. And so because they he's have... been doing nothing for like six months. Yes, exactly. He's been a bit lazy. <laughs> yeah. Although he has, which is very important, he found a secret, secret Easter egg. Which is where yes, he plays he did. Yes, yeah. in an arcade. And this is really important because it's not thought... actually part of the quest. Because he went to like a museum, didn't he? Yeah. There was a planet that is a museum. Well, it's like a museum of Halliday's childhood. Yes, yeah. And he recognised it as that because he cares so yeah. much about Halliday and discovers it's a pizza place, I think, that he used to go mm-hmm. to as a kid. There's an arcade machine in it of Pac-Man and he realises that it's the arcade, it's a reproduction of the arcade machine that Halliday used to play on as a kid. Yeah. 
and there's a quarter on the side, yeah, yeah. but it's stuck. And he yeah, can't the lift quarter it can't be lifted. Yeah, yeah. And so he he uh, he decides to play it and plays for four hours, um, uh, and completes and, and gets a to the glitch game, levels of Pac-Man, which is like where the it famous ends. Glitch and levels, you can have yeah. the highest score, which is something like three million three hundred thousand three hundred and sixty. Yeah. And the highest score up until that point was fifty, so they were ten points yeah, short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does it, and suddenly he can lift up the quarter and it enters his inventory. Yeah. He's like, weird. Don't know what that is. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, moving yeah. on. But it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Yes, and then of course he gets to the crystal gate after everyone else has got there, and and the Sixers have put an invincible barrier yeah. shield around Halliday's castle, so no one else can get in because yeah. this is an artifact yeah. that they just happen to have. And there, there are artifacts in this world, aren't there, that yeah. have sort of unlimited power in one respect, and this is an unbreakable shield, which just unfortunately IOI happen to possess. So they are now trying to crack the crystal gate, sending Sixer yeah. after Sixer after Sixer in, and they're not they're not solving. No, because isn't there? And now this is again because I haven't read it for a little while. I'm trying to remember. They don't the like the true gunters, the not sixers, end up with an extra clue somehow. Oh, you might be right. Because there. there's something about the the keys can't be used alone. That's the right. The point of the crystal yes. key is that you can't get in with just one. No, three of you have yeah, to go. Yeah, three through. of you at least yeah. have to go in at once. Because three is a magic number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, somehow the sixers haven't got that information. They got the crystal keys. Yeah, I think you're right. Which I, I think was remember. the Blade Runner episode wasn't it like the, the von the von gort machine yes, or whatever yeah, it's called yeah 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 you whether you're yeah, a replicant you or a human yeah. or not yeah um and so yeah they, they they've got the crystals but somehow they've not got this extra clue yeah um and so they're just sending people in and cannot open the door yes that's right and yeah. that that kind of gives the 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 true gunters a bit more of an edge because they're like we know how to get in but we, we have can't because we have to get at least three of us through the shield yeah and to the door and then we can get in so this is the big final plan yeah that, uh, um, but has. then it all really goes to hell when um, IOI start getting really vicious in the real world again, and they kill one of our and heroes, they kill one they? of the Gunters because up to, uh, at this point there are now uh, we've been following five Gunters. That's right. So we've got H, Artemis, and, and Percival, but then there's also Daito Shoto and Shoto, and, yeah, um, who are like Japanese, two Japanese Hakikomori. They're brothers, aren't they? Or... Well, they call themselves brothers. It turns but out that they're, they're not. not. They That's actually right, just yeah. met at like a a, a, a support group. And that's decided right. to act as brothers, and they made their avatars look kind of like they right, were brothers. That's right, yeah, yeah. Um, and they've been working together this whole time. They they sort of adventure as yeah. one, yeah. And then um, the other, the, the three main characters get this note from Daito that, or possibly Shoto, I can't remember which one. It's from Shoto, Shoto. because Daito is. Uh, that Daito has been murdered. In real life. In real life. By OII. Um, and this kind of sets the whole end game in motion because now they're like, wow, they are really serious about this. They're not. They've not just taken them down in game no, they've they blown up his apartment cost. in Tokyo <laughs> so they end up in the real world all going to Ogden's place ah no there is a section before that ah. where um, Wade decides that the only way he can deal with this is to get inside mm. IOI that's right so he creates a fake account for himself yes he creates gives a, himself he gives, he gives himself a massive debt with yeah. IOI so they come break down the door and arrest him and arrest him and basically it turns out this world has indentured servitude now yeah. where if you get into debt with with any corporation you, you will work for that corporation until your debt is paid off and they yeah. come up with all kinds of elaborate ways to not let you ever pay off yeah. your debt um so yeah he gives himself a massive debt so that they'll come bashing the door down and take him basically into ioi yeah. headquarters yeah um which he then hacks from the inside basically yes so it turns out he's to... actually pretty technologically capable yeah who'd have thought he, he yeah. actually got some real, like, <laughs> yeah. real world skills because um, he used to he used to earn pocket money by fixing broken oasis consoles that's right, didn't he, he did, so didn't just he yes. knows how the tech kind of works yeah that's good yeah um, and yeah I just it's this brilliant sequence where 
he's given himself like three days and he's having to deal with like these panic attacks because he's never left his apartment since oh, he arrived. That's right, yeah. And um, yeah, so then they kind of shove him off and they put this kind of massive tracker thing on his ear like he's a cow. Yeah. Um, and give him this little booth where he's allowed to watch this one terrible sitcom Which is like, over and over again. It's like propaganda for yeah, IOI, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. they were like, if you work really hard, you get access to other TV programs. Oh, Yay! Great! But yeah, then he hacks into his console and uh, just starts downloading gigabyte after gigabyte of information from them and he finds the video that they took of, of them shows, killing of Dito. Dito. Yes. And he's Which like, really good. he's got them because this is hard evidence that they murdered someone in real life. He can't prove that they killed his family no. because stacks just collapse sometimes. Well, they, they blame it on a meth lab yeah. explosion, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, but he can now prove that they killed Dito. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically they put this plan into motion of they, he manages to escape. He gets out by, by basically wiping his account and That's making right. making yeah. the computer think that he's not indentured anymore. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, so his, his thing on his ear just kind of goes poof and explodes <laughs> off. And, and he just, you know, steals a guard's uniform and walks out the front mm. door. Brilliant. <laughs> it's like, Legend. This is a brilliant moment. And then, yeah, then... Um, That's when he realises how serious everything yeah. is. And they decide to meet up in real life. Yeah. yeah. And there's this, I think there was this moment where he had to... It turns out everything's vending machines in this world because I'm guessing nobody works in the real world. Yeah, and and he gets like a, like a gun from a blister pack. Yeah, <laughs> defense vending machine. He gets like yeah. a bulletproof armor and a, and a gun, doesn't yeah. he? From and a, some mace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then uh, yeah, then he meets up with H. Yeah, and Ogden, they have a grand road trip. Ogden kind of gathers them all together at his super mansion up in Which the Rocky Mountains. Looks like Rivendell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and gives him the best, gives them the best possible gear, and says, "Right, I'm going to give you a place to log in, but apart from that, I'm not helping." Basically. Yeah. And it has these amazing like boots. Booths yeah. in his house, doesn't he? Which all have haptic chairs in them, which hover off the ground. So, we're like, like, there's an arm connected to the ceiling, and then you're connected to that arm, and then you can literally move in yeah. every in every direction with your arms and legs fully extended. And it's like, uh, yeah, your full freedom of movement. So it's not even a suit now. This mm. is like this is next level beyond that. And then they log back in for the grand final plan to, yes. to break through the shield. And they basically and put out the, the call. They like um, Percival puts his video of. Daito being yes, murdered out on the internet. Puts it out, yeah. He just like so everybody sees it and yeah. then he just says, Come to this place at this time, we are breaking through yeah. the sixer barrier. Um and yeah, and then that's the grand the grand final battle commences. Yeah. Uh which I know you're itching. Well, I mean, so. yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's like because I think for the, for getting the the crystal key or the crystal, yeah. yeah crystal key um, unlocks the ability to choose a mech, yeah, doesn't it? Um, and by mech, I mean giant Japanese fighting robot, yeah, uh, that you pilot from inside his chest. And I think it's funny because when he gets there, of course, loads of people have already yeah. been and gone. So some of the the better you could argue mechs have already been taken. Um, and so Mecha Godzilla is taken, yeah. uh, which turns out to be the villain's choice, obviously. Um, and a few other really good ones are taken. So he ends up taking Lepidon, which is um, it's so weird. This is such an obscure <laughs> reference, and I really don't understand why he makes yeah, this. Yeah. But I kind of like it anyway, because there was a Japanese live-action TV show of Spider-Man yeah. called Spider-Man, um, which took the the basic idea of a superhero who had spider powers, but changed it dramatically so that his like suit came out of a watch, and he also could summon this huge mecha robot to fight. Because I, I think maybe the Japanese just don't understand that things don't need mechas. Exactly, like, just, everything it has does to not have compute, a mecha. Yeah, in yeah. Uh, but weirdly, that this robot, although styled around Spider-Man, has like a spider web on its chest and everything, is called Leopardon, like a leopard, 
And I've no idea why. <laughs> but anyway, he chooses Lepidon from this list of mecha and he appears as a little toy, doesn't yeah. it? Which he puts in his inventory. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't really know why he's unlocked that, but everyone else has got one who's ahead of him, so he assumes it must be important. Anyway, this final battle is, of course, a giant mecha battle in yeah, space yeah. where everyone is piloting classic mecha from either anime, live-action shows, or, I don't know, anything else, manga yeah, yeah, or manga. something. <laughs> so our, our, our villain, um, I forgot his name again, Nolan. Nolan. Nolan Sorrento. Sorrento is piloting Mecha Godzilla, and our hero Wade is in Lepidon, which is this weird, bulky Spider-Man-themed robot. And they have this huge kick-ass battle yeah, in space yeah. um uh, and they win which is cool yeah uh and but yeah it's, they're all something of a something of a, py- a pyrrhic victory to start with it seems because it turns out that there's the the sixers have basically a nuke yes the catechist yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah yes that's true and they're threatening to what, what and it, what will happen is if they if they detonate it all avatars in the in yeah. that zone i think it's yeah, huge yeah. will be killed and will, de- and will be defeated yeah so as much as they they win the battle and the three of them get to the door, Artemis H yeah, and, yeah. and Wade get to the door. Uh, they open the door, the crystal yeah, gate, yeah. and then suddenly the cataclysm goes off. Yeah. And there's this noise which is apparently described as the sound of the universe breaking in half, <laughs> which yeah, sounds like a big noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone just drops dead. Yeah. But, amazingly, yeah, hooray, Percival's quarter that he got from completing the ultimate game of Pac-Man is an extra life. Yeah. And of everyone, he's the only one to get back so up. So he ends up just standing in a grey cube. Yes, because everything's destroyed. Yeah, everything's except gone. For the gate like, yeah, the gate is still artifacts. there, but it's like, 200 feet in the air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he can't get up there, but luckily Artemis has flying shoes yeah. and artifacts can't be destroyed by the cataclysm. so he puts those shoes on and flies. He's got one chance to fly through the gate and he does it. Hooray! But now there's challenges on the yeah. other side of the gate as well. And the funny thing is, is that, yes, okay, everyone's dead, including, well, not dead, but all the avatars are dead. Yeah, yeah. But more sixes are coming by the minute yeah. because, of course, they can just churn them out. That's so, why the sixes were willing to set it off because it doesn't matter that those avatars are dead. Because 200,000 more there's around there's hundreds the more, yeah, yeah. they'll just keep coming. So he has to complete the challenges within the Crystal Gate, knowing that just behind him mm-hmm. are all the sixes. If he makes one mistake, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's all over. But amazingly, he gets through the challenges, which one of the, one of which is another flick sync where he has to yes, say yeah, things yeah. in time with the movie. And another one is uh, a video game, Tempest, yeah. which I did play a little bit of back in the day, which is really hard, but he aces it, obviously, because he's a legend. And then he finally gets through into Halliday's office. Yeah. Which, well, it's a reproduction of Halliday's office. Um, and I'm pretty sure that a avatar of Anorak appears after well, he's, like he's got to he, complete something. He's got to complete, like, it, it, his office has samples of every computer game console. That's right, he has made. to choose the and right one. And he has one. to pick the right one in the right game. And he picks Adventure, because Adventure was the first video game ever to have an Easter egg in it. Yeah. And he boosts yeah. that up, and he goes to the room where the Easter egg was hidden. And it's it, and, and then at that point, an egg appears on screen, and he can actually reach into the screen and yeah. take that egg. And that's when Halliday yes. appears. Yeah. Well, an automated AI of Halliday. Who gives him the big final prize, yeah. which I can't remember. <laughs> the, the prize is basically he gets all of Anorak's powers. So his that's right, yeah. his avatar is given admin privileges and boosted up to infinity level. And, and of course, he gets all the money as well. And um, his he's basically that his account is given all the privileges of Halliday. And there's a team of lawyers apparently flying to his location to. Uh, right, <laughs> is that right? Yeah. And there's just this great moment I thought, which was a really nice ending because it. It has kind of a slightly bittersweet ending it does, to it. This, it does, this book. yeah, I remember and that, yeah. There's this really sweet ending where Halliday, the model of Halliday, which is like the last time he's going to appear, basically, kind of pulls back this shit, little bit of um, curtain or something, and there's a great big self-destruct button behind it. Oh, yeah, the big it. button, it's like, yeah. It's like, this is your, now your responsibility. If you think the we world don't would be better off without, without the Oasis, Oasis yeah. hit this button and everything will be deleted. But he doesn't do it yet, No, does he? no, like, I think it's like... The book doesn't end with us knowing what he does. No, the book ends with him... Going out, back out into the world, 
and they're at Ogden, Ogden's mansion, and he and Artemis are talking. And he and Artemis had previously spoke about what they would do with the money. Yeah, that's um, right, yeah. And he Artemis decides, was very altruistic, wasn't she? Yeah, she, she was like, like I'm going to buy food for everybody. Yeah, And yeah. Wade is very much like, his original plan was, I'm going to build a spaceship and leave. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and just go off into space yeah. with loads of video games. But what he decides to do is he decides to split the winnings with H, Artemis, and Shoto. Ah, so they yes. all remember, get... Yeah the same kind of privileges and they all get control over that money that's cool and so the the book kind of ends with well we'll have to do something the world is screwed and yeah. we now have the power to change it that's end that's cool and it's like that you never find out what they've done no what they do but what... it'd be better that way it's better yeah. that way definitely yeah yeah i mean there could be a whole second book of them trying to fix the world i like to think that maybe mm. it's kind of like the oasis can keep running as like a a kind of human cradle like yeah. just keep them somewhere to hang out going. while we're working on and the then world. we'll fix the world and yeah. then when everybody's ready to go back into the world we'll shut down the oasis yes exactly um, yeah but i mean it's never stated that that's what's going to happen and no course, no yeah. and i think that story probably won't ever be no, told because yeah. the important part of the story is is the bit that's in the yeah. book obviously um and i remember really liking that ending because I, I was getting to the point where we had this massive mecha battle in space and i was just like where is this gonna go yeah. <laughs> like, he's either going to get the great like prize at yeah. which point Okay, what happens then? Or he's not going to, which would be incredibly anticlimactic. And I don't, I don't really know. I can't, I couldn't predict yeah. it at that point at all. And I really liked that, you know. And then I really liked what he ended up doing yeah, at the yeah. end and there's everything. Because well. I mean, because the book kind of opens with this description of it's Wade telling his story from like after the story has happened. Yeah, it, it, that's he's right. going back and he's like, "There's a lot of rumors about me." You know, ten years after this happened, a scoreboard the scoreboard lit up and my name appeared on it. I yeah. want to set the story straight. I want to yeah. set the record straight. Yeah, and this is him setting the record straight. And I was thinking, you know, it, from that, all we know is that he is the first name on the scoreboard. We yeah. know that he's going to be the first name on the scoreboard. He doesn't, I, I was kind of wondering if maybe Artemis would be the one to find it or um, mm. just one of the others, or maybe one of the sixes would miraculously turn out to actually be a gunter that had just been uh, yeah, working that's, that's undercover idea. or something. I mean, I, I, I was kind of prepared for Wade to not be the one. Yeah, it, but he was. Yeah, so that's cool. Classic hero. But then it was a nice touch that he's like, "I'll split the prize with yeah. the others." And and that was good because that showed that he had been on something of an arc. Because yeah. from the beginning, as you say, his his fantasy was just to be really selfish, naff off into space yeah. with a load of games and books, and uh, and never talk to anyone again. Because that had been his life. Yeah, like his yeah. life was crap. People were crap to him, and he just wanted to be on his own yeah. and do what he loved. But then by the end, as much as, okay, some of it was motivated by falling in love with Artemis and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, he had become a little bit more of a more well-rounded yeah. person. And I think he possibly he realised that the Oasis kind of presented too much power for one person mm. now. I mean, he, he's basically the most important person in the world. And people were being killed over it, yeah. you know, and he, and he didn't like that at all. And, and he didn't like the fact, I think, that, you know, it's amazing that Halliday predicted all of this as well. Yeah. Like, he knew that this would happen. I mean, in, in some ways, he kind of caused it all to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you wonder how much Halliday actually thought about it. Yeah. Because if he, he thought... I mean, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I think it's, it's made pretty clear that he wasn't particularly socially adept. No. Um, he was a very classic geek. Yeah, um, definitely. He's an anorak. And um, in that case, it's like, would someone like that have predicted the Sixers? Like, because if he had, if someone, someone maybe a bit more savvy might have predicted something like the Sixers coming into existence yeah. and put provisos in to make sure that couldn't happen. Yeah, so it could um, only be like yeah. yeah, legitimate players. But at the same time it's like yeah, okay, they're playing the game, but yeah. Yeah, they're going to be Well, as you say, it, it it has all the hallmarks of someone who thought about how exciting it would be to have this big like treasure yeah. hunt rather than thinking about the real world applications of, you know, that much money and that much power. Mm -hmm. People will do anything yeah. for that. 
And, and I think that's what's so great is that while this is essentially a story about nerds battling with like nostalgia and giant robots, there is also this sort of it, he could have so easily just fallen into it just being all of that. Yeah and, yeah. and and a lot of the critics of this book say that it's just all nostalgia and nothing else. And I I do I don't believe that. Mm. I believe there is there is a good story there underneath all of the nostalgia. I do feel maybe at some times the nostalgia overtakes it a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, that's very much the voice of Wade. Yeah, exactly. I because mean, we're, we're looking is, at it through those eyes. He is a eyes. nerd. Yeah. And the fact that he adds footnotes to his own yeah. <laughs> like, descriptions of things. Yeah. It's like, you know... He, he refers to people as poseurs, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he, he, he just, he wants you to know... It's that classic nerd thing of he wants you to know that he knows. Yeah. He wants you to know exactly how detailed his knowledge is. Yeah, and if anything, I think that completely excuses like what you're saying about the, mm-hmm. the overwhelming nostalgia in places because all it does is add more to Wade's character. Mm-hmm. You get to know Wade very well in that story, like better than you get to know some other heroes yeah, who yeah, tell yeah. their stories from first-person perspectives. And it's challenging to tell yeah. a story from a first-person perspective and get you to know that protagonist, but you really I think know he's, Wade. he's very clear about who he is yeah it's like he's he's he knows he has no illusions really and he he comes down quite hard on his his own sort of he's self-deprecating but he's also arrogant and confident as well at the same time it's really weird but uh, he's likable he's definitely likable yeah Yeah. it's i mean i think it's gonna be great fun i'm looking forward to the film i'm looking forward to the film now definitely yeah yeah. yeah. Did you sure. know, by the way, a bit of trivia I was reading earlier, did oh, you yeah. know that there is an Easter egg in this book? I did know this, yes. yes. And that Which there was apparently one like four years ago. <laughs> oh, was it really? Yeah. Because um, there's a DeLorean up for grabs, isn't there? Uh, yes, and somebody has won it. Really? Uh, like in 2013, I think they won Gosh. it. Um, so yeah, so that that was something I was not aware of, and I clearly I read the book far too late to have any chance of getting the Easter well, egg. Well, again, but it audiobook. Was, the Easter egg was apparently, <laughs> apparently hiding in the video game references. Oh, so it was really? actually like <laughs> the Easter egg hunt in the book, the fictional Easter egg hunt in the book, was also the Easter egg hunt uh, in, in, in real life. Because <laughs> I know, I remember hearing that the first stage was in the book, so you had yeah. to find, like, you had to solve some clues in the book, and then you get a code that you put in online, ah. and then the next stages appear on the internet, like real world internet, mm. our world internet, um, and then you get to the end of, and it was apparently long-winded. Well, I um, mean, I, like I said, I. I got into the whole thing far too late but I love that idea yeah there's a real scoreboard as well like people had copper keys and everything (laughs) it's like one of my favourite books as a kid was called Masquerade which was from the 70s and it was a puzzle book but the puzzle led you to something in the real world um, and my dad had bought the book in like the seventies, and I just loved it because it had pictures and little riddles, and you could that find cool. and like um, slightly surreal kind of story that ran through it about the ha- a hare trying to catch the moon to give it a le- give it a um, a message from the sun. Okay. Um, and yeah, I just loved it. But it was years later that I realised that there there was there is a puzzle in that book, and it will lead you to a location in a field in Somerset somewhere, where no you way. where the guy who wrote the book had actually buried like um, a jewelled uh, hare. Wow. Um, and somebody found it, like, in the 80s sometime. But I loved that, and just the idea that maybe I could have figured it out. Yeah. And I did try, but I think my teenage me wasn't quite up to it. Maybe I'll try again one day yeah, if I can never find you, the book. You still got it? Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, it was um, maybe in my parents' house somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Cool, but, yeah, cool. no, but it's, I, I, I love that sort of thing. Like, yeah. the, the kind of almost augmented reality. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, it's I like, think. Yeah, the book's serving two purposes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. That is very cool. Um, but yeah, we are almost out of time. This has gone, gone well, I think. It has, yeah, so enjoyed that. Anything else you would like to add? I, uh, I just want to add that I kind of want to read it again now. Now that we've sort of talked oh, it all cool. out, you've reminded me of things that I didn't remember. I've maybe reminded you of some yeah, things yeah, you definitely. didn't remember. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like I want to get back into it, read it again, and then just look forward to the film. I am looking forward to the film. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Um, I mean, it, it, it's the kind of thing that could go horribly wrong. 
Because, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. It's got um, all it, the potential. It could, it could rely so much on the, on the nostalgia that the plotline kind of gets hidden. I think what we've got to remember is it's in very safe hands with Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and as as you said, a lot of the properties that it's going to be <laughs> yeah. parodying and <laughs> referencing are actually owned by Spielberg. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's perfect. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah. It's so good. So yeah, so that was First Jeff Fantasy. We are Big Punch Studios. If you like what you hear, everything we do is supported by our Patreon. So check it out at www.patreon.com slash bigpunchstudios. Uh, you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are going to be yeah, we, we keep saying this, but we're going to be putting more stuff up. Definitely. Um, more videos have started to appear. We're getting better at this. We are, yes. Um, and it's not all going to be just narcissistic watchers package stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more on its way. Definitely. So yeah, we have more to come. Uh, like, subscribe, all that nonsense. And hopefully, see you in a month's time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.